It's time now for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teals. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, at Pinball Profile. Email us, pinballprofile at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. Check us out on Instagram, at Pinball Profile. All right, so this is what you do, I guess, when you're 50 years old on a Friday night. Uh, you know, no friends, no one's calling or whatever. I actually had an interview that canceled last minute, and uh, no problem. person was sick. Probably better that we postpone that. So throw on Facebook uh, to the uh, few thousand people that are on there and said, all right, I've got some time. Who wants to come on? I got a few emails, including this person, and I'm very excited to talk to him and looking forward to seeing him in July. He is the Intergalactic Tournament Director. He was a TD last year at Pinburg. Brian Dye joins us right now. Hey, Brian, how are you? I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you doing, sir? I'm very good, so it's nice to see you. And I, I always thank people like yourself for volunteering. Uh, you did it last year. And you're. <laughs> I like what you're doing this year. You're not only volunteering, but you're going to be the TD of the second biggest tournament in the world. Are you nuts? Uh, yeah, I'm a little nuts. You know, I've actually been with the replay team since year zero, and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Now, the first year, uh, I did play in Pinburg. I helped think, get things set up uh, and squared away to a degree, and then I decided to play in Pinburg. Kind of had a heartbreak qualifier, uh, actually, to, to, to finals to play on Sunday, and after that, I decided, you know what, I'm just I'm going to help from here on out. And um, I've, I've done a lot of volunteer work with them. It's a great team of people. And uh, there are so many volunteers and people that help bring that show and so many other pinball tournaments together. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate the, the gratitude. And, you know, for me, especially when I go to other shows, I really appreciate everybody that takes their time to, to volunteer to help make these shows and tournaments as successful as they are. Well, I know you've been working hard behind the scenes. Things like Fight Club, I saw a post from Fred Cochran saying, all the banks are ready, the games are good to go. I know you've been working with Aton and and even Fight Club too, you know, people like, I feel sorry for you because you have to play against, oh, great players like DJ Ryle and John Replogo, Chris Stevens. You get to learn a lot about pinball. Unfortunately, a lot of it's on the chin, but there you go. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, again, that's one of those things where, you know, the Pittsburgh Pinball League is where I got my start. Um, and we actually live down here in West Virginia, and we've got our own league one. We've got about 29, 30 players, but the Pittsburgh scene was a really good place to start because they were so welcoming, and there are so many high-level players that teach you how to play the game and think about it differently. And it's usually always, you know, one on the chin for sure, but um, it's a great group of people and it's always a good time, so that makes it a little bit easier. Brian, I actually look forward to playing great players like the people we just mentioned too because it elevates your game a little bit too. You certainly learn a lot by watching them and as most great players will tell you, they'll tell you what to do. I mean, I'm always impressed when I see people say, do you know this game? And then you say, like in my case, no. And then they tell you what the object is or maybe here are three things that you can do. And they're trying to do the same thing. They just obviously have much better skills. But I really like that because it's more inviting to pinball and competitions and it makes the game more fun. Oh, sure. One of my most fond pinball memories is one of the first times I had met Stephen Bowden. I was playing in it was like my first or second classics tournaments at papa when it was still out at the old facility and he armed me with very key information on fireball where the skill shot was and to a newcomer was like that was really cool that guy you know maybe maybe this is you know something for me and uh yeah i hear you loud and clear 
about uh, people telling you what to do and different things to look for. It's great. So Intergalactic, I saw the notice that, I mean, last year there were 560 people. And this year you're going to cap it at 800 people. That's amazing if it gets to 800 because you've already got 1,000 playing in the main event. But I didn't think it would be 560 last year. Yeah, that that, it was a pretty high number. Um, I mean, if anybody had participated last year, I know I tried to. And actually, I didn't get to play a single entry. I just didn't have the time between, you know, doing the TV thing in the morning and then trying to catch dinner and the wait times were very, very long. So yeah, 560 was a really high number. Interestingly, only 90 of those participants were not in Penberg. So a very big chunk of, of the participants did come over from the Penberg side to play. So yeah, we, we decided to cap it at 800 players this year, primarily because when I first decided to take on the role of tournament director for Intergalactic, there was a really short period of time between when I figured out I was able to do it and the deadline for when I needed to have all my eggs in a basket and to uh, Mark Steinman and the rest of the team about what the rules were going to be, how we were going to run the show. So I threw a survey out on SurveyMonkey, uh, tilt forums and Facebook, and I got a lot of really good feedback. And one of the things that was pointed out was there was some concern about how we took qualifiers to finals and whether or not we were abiding by the IFPA rules about taking the minimum number. And the rule is that for any IFPA sanctioned event, you have to take at least 10% of your qualifying player pool to finals. So in our instance for last year, you know, 560 players, we should have taken 56 and I'm 99% positive that did happen. However, that really got me thinking, you know, Pinberg, while the cap for Pinberg has stayed, you know, pretty static at a thousand, Intergalactic has been growing more and more every year. And my concern was with the convention center, we have a, a hard get out time on Sunday. And we're running two different finals for two different events, the Women's International Pinball Tournament and the Intergalactic Championship. And what I wanted to avoid was, you know, growth is obviously always the goal. And, you know, I didn't necessarily anticipate or expect, although I would hope it would be really cool to cap it out at 800 and have a completely full field. I needed to be cognizant of how much time we could possibly take on Sunday morning so we could get out on time, people could go catch their flights. Plus, you know, Women's International Pinball Tournament would have plenty of time uh, and their fair share of time on stage, too. Um, I think that tournament's really great, and I think they deserve uh, their fair share of time on, on stage as well. That's a good point, too. You know, one thing I like about Intergalactic is it gets out of the way so that people can watch Whipped, and I know that's going to be the case here in 2020. Talk about some of the things in the game. So, first of all, this is a best game format. How many games are players going to be able to play, and how many games are in the bank? Sure. So we've increased the bank of games uh, to 22. Last year, I believe it was 18. And with the $30 donation entry, player will get 10 tickets, and they're, they'll take their best five games from that 10, those 10 tickets towards their qualifying score. And, you know, you talked about the donation, too. I really like that, Brian. So when you donate, you have a choice of donating to Replay Foundation or the Pittsburgh Food Bank, both great charities. So yeah, it's it's a great opportunity for us to do something for you know the community at large or to help the Replay Foundation continue to do what it what it does and it offers so much to the arcade and pinball community um, and again it's just a, it's a really nice way for us to try to to try to reach out to the Pittsburgh Food Bank 
and, and help us continue to do the things that we do. What is the hardest thing about TDing a big tournament like this? For me personally, it's trying to see the forest for the trees. You know, it's it's trying to take all of the feedback that you're constantly getting and teasing out what is actually helpful feedback and what you can take and turn into working information, like what you can turn into actual um, changes, positive changes that can make the event better how to accommodate people as best as possible, um, things on that front, really. Um, the game selection isn't really so much an issue. Um, I'm pretty familiar with a lot of different games across a lot of different eras. Like I said, I've, I've been in that building more times than I can count. Um, and again, with the help of the people in the PPL. Yeah, I, I guess ultimately it comes down to the organization of the entire thing from top to bottom, from beginning to end, um, from the first qualifying ticket to the last. Um, and I guess one of the things I'm struggling with right now is how am I going to schedule all these people? How am I going to stay on top of that? And that's definitely one of the one of the more difficult things, like those logistics. I don't envy your position, but I also have complete faith that you and everybody in the Pittsburgh area, certainly with the expertise that has been going on now in the 10th anniversary of this kind of Replay FX Pinberg format, I know it's going to be great. I know it's going to be wonderful. And you can still register too. In fact, if you go to replayfx.org, you'll see a tab that says pinball and you can sign up today for this amazing tournament. So is there any help you need between now and July? Um, so actually, as a matter of fact, I am going to be putting out a formal invitation for scorekeepers. Uh, now, we are still trying to finalize, you know, scorekeeper benefits per se. We do have two hours set aside purely for scorekeeper qualifying for the Intergalactic Pinball Championship. Uh, that is actually scheduled for uh, 10 p.m. to midnight on Saturday. So you get the entire bank of games completely to yourself and your fellow scorekeepers if you choose to scorekeep with us during that weekend. Um, which I think is a huge benefit, you know, especially being at the tail end of the, the qualifying hours, actually the qualifying weekend. But we will definitely need scorekeepers on scorekeepers on scorekeepers. And, uh, you know, that's really, really where I'm at right now. Everything else, I'm pretty much set. I uh, just got to go and make my final selections for games, but where I'm really going to need help. And I know it's tough uh, with people playing in Pinburg. You're on your feet all day, you're hungry, you're tired, you're thirsty. You know, maybe the last thing you want to do is come stay on your feet even more <laughs> and scorekeep for, for an hour or two. But any amount of time that anybody has to offer for scorekeeping or for any part of the show, I'm not even going to advocate just for, for my side. Um, if anybody could help out with any part of replay effects, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. And where do they get a hold of you? So they can get a hold of me at either on Facebook, Brian Dye. Uh, that's Brian with an I, Dye with a Y. You can also reach out to me my email. Uh, my personal email is W as in West, V is in Virginia, A is in Apple, pinball at gmail.com. And just in the subject line, put anything about scorekeeping and we'll definitely keep in touch. Okay, Brian, that's good. And one thing, too, about Intergalactic, there are more hours to play this year. So I noticed that there's some Thursday and there's some Friday. So that's going to help things move along as well. I certainly hope so. Like I said, one of the things that I noticed personally last year was that the, the queues were just so long. Some of them upwards of two hours to play a game. You go up and say you pick Twilight Zone or any EM and you get hosed in you know two minutes. You know, that's really tough to, to motivate people to want to come back. So one of the things I, I thought about and something that might present a challenge, again, you know, with the need for scorekeepers, we've added overall throughout the entire week an additional seven hours of qualifying time to hopefully even out 
when you know people are going over to put in their qualifying tickets. So hopefully that spreads out the uh, the player base a little bit and makes those lines a little bit more manageable. And how are things in West Virginia? What's the pinball scene like there? On a bigger scale, we're still relatively new. I had uh, assumed the helm of IFPA uh, West Virginia representative maybe about five years ago now. We had, uh, I'd say right about then, about 10 to 12 people, you know, between selfie leagues and other small tournaments that we were running at the time. Uh, and then I took some time off, um, and there was a gentleman down in, uh, out of Fairmont, West Virginia, his name was Scott Reppert, that was running a lot of tournaments and doing a lot of really good things for our scene while I was kind of away and started a league. And uh, slowly but surely, especially after the baby came, I started easing my way back into, you know, running more tournaments, running more events. And I have a team of, of league officials. Big shout out to uh, Cody Elam, Andy and Brian Pickens, and Ashley Talbot. You guys help out a lot. We have a league now that's about 29 people strong. Uh, we have about four people going up for Pinburg, which is really exciting. And in our league, we really focus on teaching people how to play the games and the camaraderie behind pinball um, and, and what it can be, you know, really demonstrating the values that the people from the Pittsburgh Pinball League taught me when I first got started to really, really retain people um, was the kindness that people showed all the time. That's good, Brian, because that's what gets people into pinball. And you know what? They'll probably be teaching somebody someday soon as well. So thanks very much, Brian. I hope people reach out to you. And uh, I'm looking forward to Intergalactic and uh, all the best there when we see you in July. I will see you there, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me on. There's somebody else who wants to talk. Wait a minute. It's Friday night. How does this guy have work off? This guy works every single day, maybe Mondays off, and he might have his own podcast. You hear him on Slam Tilt Podcast, a great friend, Bruce Nightingale. Hey, buddy. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? You're like me, loser on a Friday night with nothing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How are you feeling? How was your surgery? Oh, thanks very much for asking. All good. Uh, Going downstairs is probably the hardest thing, but physiotherapy, it's uh, on the men. There you go. Getting old sucks. It does. And I'm older than you. Are you really? I thought I was older than you. Maybe you are older than me. What are you, 70? 74. (laughs) Okay, you got got me by a year. Okay, damn it. (laughs) Hey, it was good to hear another Slam Tilt podcast this week with you and Ron Hallett. That was nice. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Ron's on his own adventure with the uh, TPN Network with uh, Silverball Chronicles, too. He's with another Canadian. I thought I had all the Canadians wrapped up, too, in the Pinball Network. But then Crystal Gemnick's on. She does a great show. I'm looking forward to hers with the plum. And it was kind of nice to hear David Dennis and Ron do that uh, special kind of history. Look back at uh, some Steve Ritchie stuff. And uh, what I really like about that, too, it's interesting because Ron certainly knows so much about the history. He's been at all the expos and and he's just so passionate about pinball and then you've got david who's only been into pinball for a couple years kind of an interesting mix but uh you know you get to learn a lot too i I really enjoyed it yes and i can't wait for this week's episode coming up since we i kind of guessed the uh, topic which was kind of funny which was stern pinball of stern electronics pinball very nice something that i know you're very passionate about too uh i noticed uh that another stomp tournament's coming up what's going on uh, that is on, let me get the dates up real fast, since I have it right in front of me. It is April 18th at the Silverball Saloon. We are having a max of 48 players coming up for Stomp West. Uh, we already have 18 people signed up, which is a good start. Uh, it's $20 to join in. If you want to join in, you can PayPal me at wizard underscore mode at yahoo.com, and it gets you a entry into the tournament and it starts at 1 p.m. and it's eight matches of match play and then depending on how many players we have we'll figure out finals 
And with that $20, you also get a $5 coupon for anything liquor or food at the bar that day. You know what, Bruce? That's what I love about the Silverball Saloon. First of all, the games are great. What you and Kat have done there in East Rochester, fantastic. I mean, I know it's a lot of labor, but there's a lot of love, too. And, and you've got a nice fan base there. You've got great pinball action, part of the Stern Army, too. Yes, we are. You know, I got to tell you, it was one of my favorite stops on the Pinball Profile World Tour when we came there. And uh, you put on a great show along with Todd from Knox Amusement. That was That was a lot of fun. I think people really enjoyed that. We were very lucky and very gracious to have you and Todd helping us out in a great tournament that we did have. And we're lucky to have our local supporters of the bar and also the people that come from all other areas of the country and Canada. Already for Stomp 3 West, we have five people signed up from Canada. I bet they're from Ottawa, the Castleman's. Yes, there yes we go. they are, the Castleman. And we have uh, one of the top players in the world coming, of course, from Canada. Phil Burnbaum. You got it. Feel the burn. Feel the burn. He is really good. I know he loved it, too. In fact, I think he made the final four when we were there. At Yes, he did. Yeah, he was there. I was there. You almost got there until you drop-kicked uh, Adam's family, if I recall. Adam's family sucks. <laughs> and my favorite thing about that was you said, here's a new rule. That will never be in a tournament at my place ever again. Ever again. Done. It's like my Ghostbusters rule. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. God, I hate that game. Oh, we have new games since you've been there last. Oh, I saw High Roller Casino. Like if anybody I know in the world loves High Roller Casino, it's Bruce Nightingale. And now it's at the Silver Ball Saloon. That's awesome. It is. And we're going to have a whirlwind coming up soon. Another good classic. Sure. Yeah. And uh, what's the third one we were talking about? I think we're going to bring Black Hole. OK. But you know what? I got to tell you, not a huge Haunted House fan. I love Black Hole, though. It's better than Haunted House. Haunted House is just eight flippers of no fun. And just really a lot of side action and tough shots to hit. I've always enjoyed Black Hole, and people whine about that saying, oh, you know what, if you go down, it drains right away. No, it doesn't. you got to hit your drops. you got to hit your drops, but unfortunately it does. It's, it's almost like if you don't do what you do right, you have no chance to save it. So you're screwed. You just go think right out into the out lane, and you're done. But it is a good game. It's better than Haunted House. It's better than a lot of other Gottliebs of that era. Now, do you still have one of my favorite games that I can't believe is on a location? Do you still have Stargazer? Oh, yes. Stargazer is there. With so the, cool. Yep, with the droop-down flippers, so you cannot roll over the, the, uh, insert, the inner inserts very easily anymore. I have uh, Dragon Fist is probably going to come back in a couple months for summertime, like we always do. And uh, I, I'm getting a, hopefully a couple more machines, too. I have a lead on a uh, Stern Pinball. A newer one? No, no. Stern Pinball. Okay. The first Stern Electronics pinball machine. Oh, wow. They, I, I think we've played that at the Sanctum. We have. I love that game. So I have a lead on one of those. So hopefully. And uh, hopefully in the next couple of months, I'm going to give uh, Zach, who we all know, Zach Fry from my show and other great. He's a really good player. He's going to grab my cheetah and bulletproof it. Wow. So we'll have that at the bar also. Okay. Because I know he's listening right now. And I just saw him in Melbourne, Australia. I was with Ryan C., and I saw something that's going to be headed your way. It is. I saw the Quicksilver. Yes, it's packaged up, actually, and he dropped it off. Wow. So it's coming eventually to the U.S. of A. You'll like it. I saw it. I, I'm, I'm excited because I finally get one, in, and Ron has his own, and we uh, actually have a great deal set up where he's going to pay me the difference, and I will have a full Dragon Fist. Ron will lose half a Dragon Fist. I will lose half a Quicksilver, but I will own my own Quicksilver. It's a long story. When you say half, what is it like? There's no left flipper? <laughs> no, 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 no. We, when, we, when we bought uh, Quicksilver and we bought – here's the funny thing. Uh, Ron's Quicksilver and my Stargazer are both from your country, Canada. 
We bought them in a trade. We traded, at the time, a new inbox Aerosmith LE for the Quicksilver, the Stargazer, and Cash. Okay. And so we each stoned one. I bought him out of the uh, Stargazer, but he wanted the Quicksilver for himself for a while. And then he said, I found a Dragon Fist later on. I said, hey, Ron, I'll buy half of this. You buy half of this, and eventually we'll trade off. And now we're at the point where we're going to trade off. He'll have his games, and I'll have mine. So what do you think of some of the newer things that we've seen in the pinball world? I mean, we've seen Rick and Morty in the stream there. We've seen the heavy metals going to be coming out, a, a high price point. Very high price point. Very high. But maybe they've got them sold. Maybe that's what the, the collectors want. Kind of reminds me of like the Supreme thing. It wasn't for me, but there are certainly people out there that would be looking for that. What do you think of some of the newer things? I have Rick and Morty on order. Nice. I am number 243. Have you come around? Because I know you weren't at first a huge TNA fan. I'm not. A, I'm still not a TNA fan. Really? I know the game. What is it about that? I love it. It's a good game, but it's all backflipper all day. It really is. It's a one-shot one. Okay. I don't mind it. I like the music. It's just, for the price point, it's just there. With Rick and Morty, it's so much more. The sounds, everything else, the video we've already seen. It looks incredible. Yeah, it does look good. TNA is a fun multiplayer game, and you say back you say backhand all day. I'll tell you what, that's great that it's backhand all day. Try to cradle up though. That's what makes that game so hard. It's not easy to cradle up. True, but it was funny when we played it. <laughs> when we played it at Ron's house first, the first time I played it at Ron's house, I broke it. Second time I played it, I actually plunged the first ball because I was I was already ahead in points, and I and for stomp three regular i just plunged the ball and ron's like you should just play it so i played it and i got 2.7 million on it and ron's wow. like really and only on two balls and he's like really i'm like yeah i kind of know how to play the game i just i don't know it just doesn't doesn't do anything for me and now to me it sounds like the price is the biggest issue not so much the game I, I doesn't it like i know a lot of people get into it i don't get into it i'm gonna be honest it just does not you would think with me being an old one level no ramp person very old yeah go on yeah, you would think it'd be like my cup of tea. Uh, it just doesn't do it, which is a shame because I do like what they do. Okay. Their quality is on another hand. I know it's getting better every time. Yeah. It's, got, it's gotten a lot better. I know uh, Zach has a uh, Alice Cooper, a lot better. So I'm hoping that this company keeps on growing and keeps on making better and better stuff for all of us to enjoy. Who doesn't love Spooky and Charlie though, really? I, I totally agree. They're, I've never actually met charlie except for one time just a hi how you doing i don't think he knew who i was i just knew him by you know hey that's charlie maybe one day i'll actually get introduced and actually talk to him and actually you know have a nice sit down with him i think that would be a great idea i think it would be i can't believe you have a night off this is great it's been good talking <laughs> to you buddy it is it's very good talking to you i miss you brother i miss you too but i'm gonna get there you know once the weather gets nice and i can fully walk again silver ball saloon is one of the best places you'll play anywhere. And you think of my travel, I play all over. I'm telling you right now, this is like no other place. If you've never been, make the trip to East Rochester, New York. The food is spectacular. The pinball's better. The bartender, crusty old bag, but uh, you know, whatever. Am, he's an, he's a nice guy, but hey. Thank you very much, though. I'm very honored for your compliments. And how about Mrs. Pin? Did you see Mrs. Pin's new idea? I love her new idea. The oh. world tour. I cannot wait. This is such an original idea. I was crying, laughing so hard. I love her. Like, I laughed. I thought, oh, this is, okay, that was funny. And then the next thing got funnier and oh, funnier God. and funnier. Yeah, she's the best. Oh, I love both of them. Dr. Penn and Mrs. Penn, they rock. Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Hi, Christian. <laughs> 
Hey, Bruce, thanks very much. Say hi to Kat and uh, uh, condolences too, buddy. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Hey, I love you, man. Love you too. From Bruce, we go to Ohio, and I cannot believe I'm talking to her right now because wait till you hear the week that's coming up for this person. Deborah Tallman joins me right now. Hello, Deborah. Nice to talk to you again. Hi, Jeff. It's always good to talk to you. We had fun at Indus, didn't we? We we had a little bit of fun, yeah. So it's Friday night right now. It's 10 o'clock at night, and you're not in bed. And you should be in bed because tomorrow <laughs> you're going to be playing in the Bell's Bunkin 24-hour tournament in Ohio. That is going to be fun. Yep, I'm still working on getting some stuff ready for the uh, the care packages. We're doing bags for each of the participants in it, so making sure that it's kind of splendid for everybody. Like one 24-hour tournament a year is enough for me at the Sanctum. You're like, you know what? It's February. It's the 29th. It's a leap year. It's an extra day. Let's make a full day of it. I think it was during Indisc, but I missed the 24-hour tournament in Indiana that I was kind of excited to go to for this year. So yeah, I've been wanting to double down for uh, for some time now, and I've gotten my opportunity. You are a glutton for punishment when it comes to pinball. Yeah, well, I got to win another tournament. You know, and the only way to do that is to go to as many tournaments as possible. We got to get with the program. Well, you've won a few. Let's not forget, I mean, that big one you won, not last year, but the year before at OBX, the Classics Championship, that was huge. Yeah, but it's old news, buddy. I got an <laughs> update. You know, there's a guy you may know in Trent Augustine who plays a lot of tournaments too. People are going to start to talk, Deborah. <laughs> you know, I, I heard there's actually more than one Trent Augustine. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how he does it. I think you're right. That's a good point. Yeah. I've seen the Wolverine Trent. I've seen the uh, clean cut one. And I've seen this one with a new kind of LED hat that really shines on the machine, kind of like Andy Rosa. You're right. LED hat. <laughs> Are we talking about Steve Bowden? <laughs> no, no. I'm talking about his... Trent's got that visor where it, it shines the huge light on. Oh, you're talking, yeah, yeah. You're talking about his hat upgrade. Totally. Okay. Yeah, it's like a clip-on. Totally. Okay, so now that's pretty cool. You're going to be playing 24 hours at the Bell's Bunkin' in Ohio. Let's talk about that for a second because I'm excited. Uh, I got to give a shout-out to Jim uh, and uh, the rest of the guys at the Sanctum who put that together and make it such an incredible event because um, a lot of what we have put together, and by we, I mean this is um, Jed Ruper's idea. She put it, she you know, she started the whole thing. Um, Brooke at uh, Crazy Martin's uh, in Piccawa, which is where we're holding it. Um, Gillian helping out. And then, I, I don't know, I was kind of brought on as um, an additional team and uh you know somewhat little advisor jen does her research hardcore but like having been to a 24-hour pinball tournament i was able to you know in in a humble way in a small way advise the event and uh we got a lot of like kick-ass things going on like we've got um we've got the uh what do you call them the bounties every uh, every round gotta love that you gotta keep you gotta give people a reason to to stay excited for a for the long haul right um and brooks putting together a huge spread of uh food and just made it a really welcome place for us they just recently installed a bathroom for us <laughs> not for us but definitely they they pushed the uh install date up so that you know we could have this tournament and i'm hoping what i should do is i should send you pictures because this place is just magical um and i I think that you should come see it sometime, is what I think. But uh, but yeah, Jen's put together a really spectacular thing, and I'm so excited to be a part of it. And I'm excited to be playing pinball for 24 hours and then driving to an airport and getting on a plane for Denver. That's the thing that's crazy, too. Okay, so good luck at the bunk-in, the Bell's 24-hour. By the way, is there going to be a break, or is it just straight through? 
the way the way Jen did it, it's kind of cool. I want to. I'm excited to see how this all comes out. But okay, so Jen did it by giving us a set. I want to say it's like 16 round set, and then space in between each one, so that everyone can kind of slide into this 24 hour experience. Um, uh, I think just about everybody who's coming to this event has never done a 24 before, so we'll have a lot of in between time to to relax a little bit and maybe take some quick Z's. Nice. Yeah. And then, yeah, you fly to Denver because that's going to be a big week. You're going to be playing in the Women's Championship, and that is a tough field. Yeah, the Women's Worlds is no joke these days. I even saw odds go up for that. In fact, I think on my bookie. <laughs> oh, no, I haven't looked yet. Trent oh, yeah. sent me a link, but I assumed it was just for the States or for something else coming up. No, no, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to see. <laughs> Make me some money, Deborah. Make me some money. Well, all right. You put some money down on me, and if you lose that money, I'll pay you back. And if you win that money, you buy me. No, don't say that. You'll get kicked out of the IFBA. The president's a real jerk. That's why I wear that T-shirt that's got his name on it as much as as much as I can, as frequently as I can, particularly in front of him. Yes. So good luck. I mean, the women's championship has grown, and I mean, last year Carrie Wing put on a sensational show. She's got to be one of the ones to beat for sure. Yep. Yep, she's good. So Snow Galvin's going to be there. Uh, I think, oh, I don't have a list in front of me right now. And honestly, I'm just blasted tired already, which would only <laughs> make that much more interesting an experience at the 24 hour. But, um, but yeah, all the exceptional uh, women who are going to be at this thing. Oh, hey, can I give a shout out to the local crew? Because I'm really, really yep. excited about that. There are four women in Ohio that made it. Let me guess. I think I know them. I, well, for oh. sure, Holly Koskinen. Yeah, uh-huh. Holly Koskinen, absolutely whipped winner, and she won the states here this last go round this last year. Did Kim Martinez make it? She did not make it. She's but she's great. I want to say her and Jen Ruper have a goal to to make it to the worlds. Yeah, yeah. How about Bree Reynolds? Nope, nope. She's good too, though. There's a lot of good players. Who am I missing? Amy Kesting. Amy Kesting. Yeah. There we go. She's one. She's one. Okay, I got two, and you're three. And then the last one. Can you name name that pinball person? I can't think of it off the top of my head. Who would it be? Megan Brown. Oh, I'm an idiot. I know Megan. That's great. <laughs> You're not an idiot, but that doppelganger <laughs> that goes around on the uh, Facebooks and insults your name, he's an idiot. Deborah, I know you've been kind of working behind the scenes to kind of help with sponsorship for the women's event. Can you explain that? Yeah, sure. Just something that uh, kind of came on my radar. I was at Worlds last year, and um, I think I think I finished like fifth or eighth, or maybe I guess eighth, through, uh, ninth or sixteenth. But I, you know, I played hard, uh, pushed through a round or two, um, and then after I got knocked out, and Carrie went on to win um, all the all the cheese and um, all the fame, I went over to Josh's table and I said, "Josh, where's my little envelope with my little five dollar reward?" And he's like, "No, there's nothing." And I was like, "What? Nothing?" And he said, well, it's just, we don't have it funded. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, okay, cool. I said, can't we look for look for sponsorships or something? And he said, oh, I don't have time. I said, do you mind if I do it? And he said, oh, be my guest. So that's, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I, cause I, I don't know, I just kind of like felt like around the room. It's like, oh man, there's nothing, like you came to the worlds. You came to the world championships for women. You qualified for it. You played in it. You might've made it through a couple of rounds. And if you didn't get 
you know, fourth place or better, you, you got bupkis. And I mean, you got incredible experience. You got the camaraderie. You got some whoppers. You certainly get something out of it. But I wanted to try to provide something a little bit more like physical uh, that, you know, those people spent a lot of money to come. And um, and I felt like it was worth it to try to get them some sort of a like an award for it. So I wanted to um, do that this year. And I put together a lot of sponsorship, especially from local people in Ohio um, who have really stepped up and given us um, a modest pool um, so that we can uh, actually pay out these ladies who worked so hard to to get this and come to this championship. Boy, Deborah, that's amazing. Good for you. That's I know that there's the Women Advisory Board and they've been working on things like this as well. And also too, there was the dollar that they were looking at putting in, but that won't be for another year, as you had mentioned. Yeah. A while back, they talked about, uh, in fact, I donated to the uh, the cause uh, they were taking donations to, but they kind of wanted to go the sponsorship route. So people like you doing that, boy, that's amazing. I, um, yeah, in a couple of years, you know, it's going to be funded. It's going to be bigger than ever. But I figured maybe just kind of cover that gap in the next one or two years and, uh, and just help everybody out, make it more, you know, it's already special, just but go the extra mile, I guess. And then when that's all said and done, once you're holding that trophy for winning the women's championship, you've got Pin Masters too, which has doubled the field this year, 144. Oh, Pin Masters. I know that's your favorite pinball tournament. <laughs> I'm really sad that you can't make it this year. Do you know what? I want to love pin golf so much. And the first ever tournament I think I ever ran was a pin golf tournament. So I still might run another one. I'll still participate in one. It just sometimes it frustrates me, the logistics of it. But I mean, this is a big stern pro circuit event. Like we said, double the field, 144 players in Denver, which will be exciting too. First time there since moving from Vegas. So you got to be looking forward to that. I love going to Denver for pinball. Also, I think I figured out why you don't like any, um, you know, why, why pin golf is not your most favorite thing. I think I figured it out. It's because it was your first tournament that you ever ran and no one else can live up to that kind of standard. <laughs> no, it's not that. You know what? There, I've played in some excellent pin golf tournaments and pin masters will be great. The things that I have difficulty with are the timing gets put off. And unfortunately, you know, you're supposed to play, let's say at two o'clock and oh, we're not ready till four o'clock or the end of the night comes and you're you're so tired and you still have four holes to play and there's a backlog, those kind of things, which are unfortunately not things you can really foresee when you're scheduling them. So it's just really more of a scheduling nightmare from a TD standpoint. And unfortunately, that's just given me a bit of a, a sour taste in my mouth. But I'll give you an example of where Pinmasters does it right. Think of Chuck Webster and the guys in Maine and, and the New England Pinball League. I mean, they have got that down to a science. So Maybe we could learn from people like them. They're good with what they do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, what have you been doing these days? Can you just give me like a real brief understanding of Jeff Teolis here and now? What's your January, February? Anything fabulous been happening? I mentioned this on the last Pinball Profile, but I did some traveling, went to Australia. That was fun. Got knee surgery, turned 50, and looking forward to, to March too because uh, TPF, that's going to be a lot of fun. But before that, like you said, there's the Nationals and Pinmasters. So it's kind of a slow time of year for me for pinball, but <laughs> it's going to ramp up. I mean, May's going to be ridiculous with Yegpin in Edmonton with the New York City Pinball Championships yeah. and with IFPA 17 in Florida. So it gets busy soon. We're planning on coming to Yankton this year. Very nice. You'll love it. Oh, it's so good in Edmonton. You'll really, really enjoy that. I'm glad to hear that. I hear really good things. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Obviously, I'm not doing a very good job stalking you um, on Facebook and on your podcast, so I will try better because then I'll know these things in advance. Well, you know, if you had a podcast, I'd listen to you, Deborah. and apparently you might have a podcast soon. Is that true? I will. I've, I've been uh, invited to a guest and do an episode on Pinball Network. 
I think that would be great because you have a lot to say. You did an amazing job at Indisc in the women's finals. That was great watching you do the commentating with Danny Peck was there. And uh, that would be good to hear you on the Pinball Network for sure. Cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, well, when I can fit that in, um, I'll be definitely doing that. Deborah, go to bed. You've got a 24-hour tournament coming up, okay? You know what I'm doing right now? I'm putting I'm putting tilt plastics in the bags for everybody. It's sort of because like, they're so shiny and colorful, and I just like shiny new plastic. So I'm taking off all the the plastic like that covers the plastics, the like the film. It is a time-consuming process. So I'm getting that done while we're skyping. So that's good. Okay, go to bed. Have fun. Good luck next week. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. It's good to hear from you. You know what? It's still early for me. I've got some time. Why don't we get another person on here? So here right now, joining us just outside of Philly, in fact, really close to Todd Tucky's place, Robert Mooney joins us. Hey, Robert, how are you? Hey, Jeff. I'm doing good. Happy to be with you. We have a common friend in that Joe Fox character, don't we? Uh, we do. He's he's like the Frank Sinatra of pinball. He's the nicest guy. He's, he's really a knowledgeable collector. He's just, he's a good guy to be around. It's like the Frank Sinatra. Does he even have blue eyes? Uh, you know, I, I've, I've never looked. I've never heard Joe sing even. <laughs> He's a good guy. I just moved from South Jersey to outside PA, and Joe Fox and his son Joe Jr. came over a few Saturdays ago, along with two other guys from my league, and helped me pack up like 25 games. Then I had movers move them, and Joe and his son came back the next Saturday, and like, help me get them all put back together and up on their legs and running and everything again. Sounds like a pretty good guy, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. So big Philly fan. Uh, I know, I think even right now you're watching the uh, Flyers and Rangers go at it. How's Gritty doing? Has Gritty made it on the ice yet? Yeah, you know, Gritty is great. My youngest daughter and I went to his first game when, uh, like, his premiere last season, and he, like, came down from the rafters on a rope. And honest to God, it was like the Beatles were in the building. The place went nuts. They introduced that mascot, and everyone saw his picture. For the first two days, it was like, what is this thing? And then after, like, 48 hours, the whole city is like, Oh, yeah, I'd take a bullet for Gritty. (laughs) Like, that's how much everyone loves him now. Well, Philly's really big into mascots, too. The Philly fanatic is legendary, too. And, Robert, I'm going to tell you something that you may not know about me. I'm a massive baseball fan, so I assume you're a Phillies fan. Yeah. uh, Okay. I used to be on one of the boards for the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, and I made a strong suggestion, and I was dead serious when I did it, that somebody should be elected in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame that is Canadian and has really changed certain aspects of baseball. And that person from London, Ontario, is better known as the famous San Diego Chicken. And you think of the mascots like Gritty, like the Fanatic, like all these legendary ones, UP in Montreal, there's just so many. That all started because of the fame of the chicken. And you talked about Gritty coming down from the rafters. They Mm -hmm. had that in San Diego. They had a a big egg hatching and stuff like that. So I think it's a good part of the game because for the younger people, you know, that keeps them entertained. And and the next thing you know, they start to learning about the sport. So I think that's a a big part and maybe someday in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Just a sidebar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At the Phillies game, the, the fanatic is half the attraction. I mean, he gets the attention when he's out there. I mean, especially with the kids. It's amazing how much he's beloved. And have you heard this whole thing? There was a, the copyright was sort of running out. That's huge news. And the costume change, yeah. Yeah, that they changed his costume and everybody has, everybody has very strong opinions. No one is in the middle on it. (laughs) 
I'll tell you something, Robert. I went to Philadelphia. I saw a game at not Veterans Stadium, whatever the new place is called. What is it now? Citizens Bank Park. Citizens Bank Park. Thank you very much. But I had a good time there. I'm in sports media, so I was on the field, batting practice, interviewing players. Okay, that was all cool. That's kind of part of my job. Watching the game later, walking through the concourse, I saw the fanatic. I totally had to get a selfie with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's so beloved. It's just amazing. And like he kind of does the same. He's been doing the same bit for 35 years. And uh, the first guy, I guess, who was in the costume was in the costume with him for 20 years. They, I think his name was Dave Raymond. And, and he used to refer to himself as the fanatic's best friend. And he came up with all those moves and stuff that he's still doing today. And it's uh, it's still entertaining. He, he takes the attention away from the game when he's like out on the dugout and walking up and down the, the steps and stuff. Pinball needs a mascot too. Let's just leave that right there. That's just a sidebar. You've been collecting since 1998. You've got 25 games right now that you mentioned. I assume you've rotated a few in, rotated a few out. First of all, what got you hooked into pinball? I guess the main thing was I always, when I grew up, I was down at the Jersey Shore in summer. Uh, My family always had a house in Sea Isle City, New Jersey, which is like halfway between Atlantic City and Cape May. And all the towns around here have boardwalks and all the boardwalks had arcades and the big arcade like in my hometown where I spent my summers, the place was like a whole square block on the beach and they had pinballs like they would have three or four of the same pin all next to each other because the pinballs were just so popular. They'd have three Captain Fantastics and three or four Bally eight balls, and they would actually just have them all right next to each other because pinball was just such a big thing. So, like, that's kind of what got me into it. So what was your first game that you actually purchased? When I got a little bit older, I worked at an amusement park in my town, and uh, I would work there at nights, and three or four days a week during the day, I'd work in the arcade, and right next to, like, where I would stand and give out change and prizes and stuff was an 8-Ball Deluxe. And when it was slow, I would play 8-Ball Deluxe. So the first game I ended up buying, like when I could afford it and had a, you know, had a nice basement all, was 8-Ball Deluxe. And, and I kept that up until just about two years ago. It is such a great game too. So not surprised that was one of your first. You actually have a game that I'm fascinated by. I've only seen it uh, a few times. Uh, friends have it, but it's never working. It's an odd game for sure. Rocky, which makes sense for a guy from Philly to have that game. How's your Rocky? Yeah, you know, it's it's one of my favorites. It, when you when you grow up in Philly, Rocky is is like a cultural icon. Rocky is Rocky is everywhere. I got in touch with a, a gentleman who was like a TV producer from Philly, and he had two Rockies, one in his house in Philly and one at his house in L.A. And I kept after him going, hey, if you're ever going to get rid of one, let me have it. Let me have it. And uh, he gave me the call one day and uh, I had it restored. I found an NOS playfield from a guy in Italy wow. and I had it shipped to um What's the gentleman's name that does the clear coding? Um, Mel Mel Cruzman, or he's like the master of that. I shipped it to him. He put like six coats of automotive clear coat on it. And then it took me a while, but I was able to come up with, if, if you remember the second Rocky film, Rocky's brother-in-law, Paulie, is drunk and he sees the pinball in the arcade and he throws the bottle of scotch through oh. the back glass. 
Well, the story goes Stallone would not approve that back glass for production in the pinball because he didn't like the way he looked on it. Like his, he was like beat up. And so they put it out with a, a different back glass. And I was able to get another gentleman in Italy who was into it to make me a reproduction of that back glass that Paulie throws the bottle of scotch. So I've actually like got the one in the movie. Spoiler alert, Paulie was drunk in all of the Rocky movies. But that's Yeah, just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, so you've been collecting Stern games, Jersey Jack games. You got to pick one. What's your favorite? Batman 66. Very deep. Yeah, yeah. That, that was my show when I was a kid. And I, I was actually working on a re-theme of Haunted House. I was going to make it into a Batman 66. It has the three levels. And I was going to make that lower play field, the Bat, the Bat Cave. Cave. Oh. And the, the main play field was like going to be Gotham City, and I was going to have the buildings. And then that little upper play field was going to be like the villain's lair. And those targets would be the villains and stuff. And then I started to hear the rumors that Stern was coming out with it. And uh, I stopped. But like I was actually going through the DVDs with a notebook and making little notes and writing down little sound effects and everything else. That would have been interesting to see, but thank God someone did the work for you and made a fantastic game in Batman 66. Before I say goodbye, Robert, thanks very much for doing this. Uh, we have something in common I, I saw on our Facebook, and it makes sense with your last name. We're both Keith Moon Mooney fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was my band. That's the one of the few pinballs, but that I'm really, I mean, Tommy is very nice. I'd love to have a Who pinball. A proper one. Yeah, a real one with, with a lot of the songs. Not Tommy wasn't my favorite album with them. I'd, I'd like to hear. Who's next? Everything. Yeah, yeah. I've got an autographed copy of that on my wall um, in the basement. Yeah, that would be great. Hey, Robert, thanks very much for taking time on a Friday night. Appreciate this. Sure, sure. Happy to talk with you, Jeff. Big fan of the show and everything. Thank you, Robert. Hope to see you soon, buddy. All right, thanks. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher and check us out on Instagram at Pinball Profile. I'm Jeff Teolis. Pinball Profile.